0: and can be found in the Church Bibles on page 971 and on the screen in front of you. Starting at verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for the false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice With a great crash. Then Jesus had finished, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. This is the word of the Lord.
1: He's going to come and speak to us now. Why don't we stretch our hands out towards him and just um, lift him up? Pray that God was really um, work through him tonight. Yeah, Holy Spirit, would you just fall upon Adam? Lord, would you anoint the words that he has written? Would they be God inspired, Lord? And would they inspire us? Speak really clearly through him. Take away anything that is not of you, Lord Jesus. Let him speak with authority and with passion tonight, Lord. Come now and fill him, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thanks, brother. I'm going to come a bit closer because I sound like Kermit the Frog. Okay, do keep that passage open in front of you. Now, I've come to the conclusion recently that my car loves me. My car loves me. You might be thinking, oh no, the curate's gone mental, but bear with me. My car loves me, and I've been having loads of problems with my car lately. The the kind of warning lights on the dashboard have been kind of flashing at me um, various times. I, I think there's more lights going off on my dashboard than there are in Darth Vader's bedroom. Um, And and I've been been ignoring these warning lights for quite some time, just hoping they're going to go away, Um, these kind of orange and red lights just keep flashing. Um, My car loves me, it's a kind of warning from my car, Um, it's a loving warning and just like if I can use this illustration, the kind of dashboard of eternity, there's flashing lights, warning lights, um, warning us about God's coming judgement. And just like I need to sort out my car, else it's going to stop working or blow up on me or something like that. So we need to pay attention uh, to what God's word is telling us tonight. And from the text in front of us tonight, I think there's three illustrations for us that we need to pay attention to. Hopefully you spotted them and we're going to work through them. We're going to see this loving warning from a loving God for us. And we need to pay attention because otherwise it could be catastrophic, the results could be disastrous. Well, what's the warning? Well, the Bible is really clear to tell us that there's only two ways to live. There's only two paths to tread, two trees which bear fruit, two types of builders, two different foundations. There's only two ways to live, and the warning for us is that one way, one way leads to life and blessing and security, and the other way leads to destruction. Well, let's have a look. Our first warning is there's two ways, verse 13 and 14. Let me just read that again. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. So there are only two gates and two roads according to Jesus. And all of us, are travelling on one of these two roads. There's no secret third option. There's no sitting on a fence. There's no getting out of travelling. You're travelling on one of the two roads. All of us are making our way through life. And according to Jesus, there are two types of travellers in the world heading to two very different destinations. There's a small gate and a narrow road, and there's a wide gate and a broad road. And the way to the Wide Gate, at first glance, it seems so inclusive. It seems so inviting. Check it out, there's loads of traffic on it. Surely this is the right path. There's many travellers heading on the broad road. It's spacious and accommodating for the crowds and their baggage. There's room for every kind of opinion. You can think what you like on this road. It's a broad road. It's the road of tolerance and permissiveness. It's got no curbs or boundaries. Just go with the flow. Do what you want to do. And travellers on this road, well, they do as they please. They live how they see fit. It doesn't need to be learned. It comes natural. It's an easy, broad, wide, easy road. But the other road couldn't be more different. It's narrow. It seems exclusive. The gate's small. It's a difficult journey. Some of you may be experiencing just how difficult a journey it can be on the narrow road but its boundaries are clearly marked out, they're clearly set out. It's a road where the travellers pay careful attention to the signs, that is people hear this, they hear the word of God on this narrow road and they're quick to do what it says. And so therefore it's travellers to a narrow in that sense that God has revealed truth to us, isn't it? It's amazing. We know God's truth. He's spoken to us. We can know it and be sure about it. Truth which we can understand to be good and true and beautiful and the right way to go. But the road has restrictions. It does have limitations. But actually, they're, they're there to serve us. They're there to serve the travelers. They're beneficial for their freedom and security. And we're told that only a few find it, in verse 14. But where does it lead Jesus, verse 14? Well, it's the road that leads to life. It's a road that leads to life. Life now, as it's meant to be lived, back in right relationship with God, with him at the rightful place, right at the centre, on the throne, uh, in your life. And with you and I, under his good, and beautiful, and right raw, and experiencing his blessing. Isn't that beautiful? And Jesus, what Jesus is saying here at the end of the Sermon of the Mount, well, it couldn't be more important. And he wants us to see the choice that we've already made this Christmas. He wants you to take notice of the road that you're traveling on. And for those traveling on the broad road, verse 13, Well, here's our first loving warning. You're on the broad road that leads to hell. Hear the loving warning from the dashboard of eternity, flashing right at you, danger ahead. Stop the car, turn around, exit the motorway. Don't keep going on that way. Don't stay on the broad road which leads to destruction. It's a loving warning It's incredible, isn't it, that 2,000 years ago, 2,000 miles away, the Lord Jesus Christ entered into our atmosphere. He was begotten. He became like us, as a light to shine in the darkness, so that you and I can see which road we're traveling on, so that our eyes can be opened to see who Jesus is and check him out for ourselves. Now maybe there is someone here tonight, maybe there is someone who that, that word was applicable to about the dry bones, you recognise that you're like dry bones and you're needing life. Well, if we're indifferent to Jesus, if we're saying no to Jesus, well then we are just like dry bones. Maybe you're at that crossroads and you're thinking to yourself, do I want to take a new road or do I just want to stick on the road that I'm going? It's, it's a difficult road, it's a narrow road, but we need to count the cost perhaps you've got concerns about what a friend would say or a relative or your spouse or your parents following Jesus may well be costly, it may be difficult it may be hard but the psalmist says taste and see the Lord is good the Lord is good experience the Lord Jesus in a new way this Christmas, like you've never done before. And the Bible says it's worth it. It's so worth it. His word is sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. And the Bible says the one who takes refuge in Him finds blessing. We find security. We find real joy, real comfort when times get tough. The second picture we see is of two trees, uh, verses uh, 17 to 20. So we see there's only two ways to live, and there's two types of trees which bear two types of fruit. There's a good tree bearing good fruit, and a bad tree bearing bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. And every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Good fruit. Good fruit. Oh you just to imagine the scene, just in front of you, two beautiful apple trees in the distance. And you don't know which one has got nice fruit on it or not, and you're kind of walking down, it's a hot summer's day, you want a nice, juicy, sweet, tasty apple. And you're walking down towards these two trees, and from a distance, they both look the same. They've both got fruit on them, but you don't know which one's good fruit. It's not until you get up close that you see the condition of the tree, the diseased branches, the maggot-ridden, rotten fruit on the one tree. It's not until we get up close, until we pick the tree, we pick the fruit off the tree and give it a good kind of squeeze, uh, check out how juicy the fruit is and how delicious it is to the taste. And you know what? Just like a tree can't hide its true identity for, for long, sooner or later... The fruit on the tree is going to show the tree for what it really is. So too with people. Our fruit gives us a way. It shows who we are. And you can spot a good tree, says Jesus. Just look at the fruit on the tree. So our fruit is determined by our root. Our fruit is determined by our root. Now, obnoxious weeds thorny weeds and I'm not very green-fingered so but just weedy things that have got kind of horrible looking things on the end well you can't eat them they're not like tasty sweet figs and grapes and lovely lush apples they're they're weeds they've got the wrong kind of roots and Jesus says look I'm the true vine I am the true vine no branch can bear fruit by itself it's got to be connected to me it needs to remain in the vine when the Bible speaks about fruit, it's actually speaking about our character. It's speaking about our character, what we're like. Not personality, it's our character. What our character is like. If we're if we're connected to the true vine, then we're going to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to be like him. We're going to have Christ likeness uh, of character. Paul speaks about the fruit of the Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self control. There's only two trees. The one connected to the Lord Jesus Christ, that's going to produce good fruit, good character, just like Jesus. But it's hard to determine good and bad trees now. It takes time for fruit to grow and ripen and uh, mature. But there's a day approaching, this passage speaks about. There's a day coming, the day of God's judgment, when ultimately and finally, the fruit's going to be exposed to what it is. And all non-fruit-bearing trees, verse 19, well, they're going to be cut down and they're going to be burnt. They're going to be discarded the day when their fruit will be recognised for what it is. Well, the third illustration Jesus uses is of two builders. Now, I want to tell you this true story. It caught my attention a while ago and um, I think it's pretty amazing. On the the 29th of May, 2010, there is this glorious factory in Guatemala City, in Mexico. Big building, three-story building. And if it was to be inspected by a building inspector, they'd go, yeah, you've got a decent building there. It's a really nice building. Kind of thumbs up, solid structure. It's gonna last for years. But the very next day, something happened. Under the surface, there's a very different story going on. The factory was like a ticking time bomb. It was built on pumice stone. And um, perhaps you know what kind of pumice stones like. Kind of people use it to scrape off dead skin off the bottom of your feet, or kind of calluses, that kind of stuff. Um, and um, the ground underneath this building collapsed, swallowing the entire factory. This huge sinkhole, kind of 65 foot across and 300 foot deep, just swallowed the entire factory. It was a devastating disaster. A number of people died in this tragic event. But the problem wasn't the building. It was a good building. The problem was the foundation. They built on poor foundations. And so when we build on bad foundations like pumice stone, only takes a bit of water just to be sucked into it, and a force on top, the building's just gonna get squished. It's not a solid foundation. Jesus says, there are two foundations that we can build on. And all of us are building our lives on something. We're on one of those two paths, we're one of those two trees, we've got one foundation and is what we're building our life on a solid enough, a good enough, a strong enough foundation uh, for us? And the point tonight really is whether we're a wise person this Christmas or whether we're a fool, whether we're a fool. Now you can shrug it off and you can say, do you know what, I'm just not bothered, I'm not bothered about this. I'm not bothered about that coming judgment. Do you want to live for myself now? I just want to stay on the broad road. I'm fine as I am. Thank you very much. You could say that. But then Jesus would say, do you know what? You're a fool. You're a fool to do that. It's a loving warning. Verse 24 tells us, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. You see, the person here tonight who's listening to Jesus, putting their trust in his word, putting it into practice, you're wise. You are a wise person. You're a blessed person tonight. You have a solid foundation, an unshakable foundation. Nothing can tear it down. It's solid. Throughout the Bible, God is the rock. If you're building your life on the rock, you are utterly secure, nothing in all creation can separate you from the love of God he's that solid foundation he's the foundation that you're building on what we do is we sit under the word of God right we stand on its teaching and we let that direct our life and then we're a wise person with a solid foundation and that's glorious but we meet the other builder verse 26 He's the one who hears Jesus' words and doesn't put them into practice. And Jesus says, you're a foolish person. It's like building your house on sand. It's a real warning. It says, don't be a fool. The term fool, really, it means without sense. It's you're your senseless. You can't, kind of, you can't perceive what's being said. You can't, you're wicked if you can't hear what Jesus is teaching See, this dependable foundation, this solid rock, well, it's not to be easily rejected. Uh, It is the solid foundation. And the casual observer looking at these two buildings, well, you wouldn't notice the difference between the two. But there is a major difference between the Christian and the non-Christian with their foundations, a solid foundation and a foundation that's built on sand and look at what's gonna happen. There's a warning from Jesus and this is the warning. Verse 25 and verse 27. I wonder if you spotted that in our reading. There's a storm coming, there's a storm coming. The rain beat down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. And there's two different outcomes. The wise man who's heard Jesus' word and is believing it, and building their life upon it, and living it out, when the storm hits, well they're battered, they're absolutely battered by it, but they survive. Why? Because God's the foundation. Because God's the solid foundation. They're building their life on his promises. But the one who hears Jesus' words, the one who's like those kind of dry bones, and hasn't yet come to life, that person, that's the person that needs to hear this. Well, if you leave tonight here unchanged by God's promises, indifferent to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're not taking his word to heart, well, then you couldn't be more exposed. You couldn't be more at risk. You're in terrible danger. Verse 27, the rains came down, the stream rose, the winds blew and beat against their house, and it fell with a great crash. I've been having terrible problems this week with my broadband at home. Sky broadband is a bit of a nightmare. I don't have Sky TV, but I've got Sky broadband. Anyone else? Sky broadband this week? No? Okay, it's just me then. Terrible. Apparently there's been interference on the line. Okay, I've got no idea what that is. So I phoned up and had a chat with this engineer, really helpful lady. And she said, look, this is what I'm going to do. Everything that's on your network, I'm going to disconnect it. We're going to stop this interference. It's like, brilliant. So, all of my wireless devices connected to my internet were booted off. Nothing was connected. It was stripped right back. There was nothing connected. Nothing was causing any interference on the line. Should sort that out. None of my devices were causing a problem. The signal was beaming through loud and clear. I just want us just to cut the interference. Maybe we're thinking, this message is not for me. This is for that person down the road. Or if only that person was here to hear this. This message is for all of us. Forget about other people. This is about us. And about us and God. God is concerned about his world. God is concerned about you and about me. And God's not distant but he intimately cares he's come close to us he sent his son on a rescue mission for us to demonstrate how much he cares he's that concerned he got his hands dirty it was a baby that was born in a stable all those years ago placed in an animal's feeding trough was put there he was the one who went out into the storm for you he did that for you. He took the storm, the full force of that ultimate storm, the judgment of God that's going to come on the last day. He took that then, all those years ago. He's faced the storm. He was beaten and battered and the blood came running down and the tears flowed. And on the cross, God's full and final force of judgment from the Father was poured out on God the Son. Why? Why? so that you'd never face the storm, so you'd never have to face that storm, so that you can be utterly secure in the face of that coming judgment. Yes, we're going to face storms in this life, and we're going to go through painful things, but ultimately, if our rock is the Lord Jesus Christ, he's faced the storm for us. It's amazing. We need not be afraid. We have a solid foundation to build our lives on. And the Bible says that God did that while we turned our back on him, while we were rejecting him. When we were on the broad road leading to destruction, when we were producing (coughs) rotten fruit in our lives, when we were building our lives on everything and anything but him, he did that then for us, slamming the door in God's face and saying, I don't want you, I don't want you in my life. When we were powerless to change, He was crushed for us at just the right time. He died in our place for our sin to bring us to God. That's amazing, facing the punishment that we should rightly face. And he's dealt with that ultimate storm so we can be happy, blessed, wise people this Christmas. And do you know what, when Jesus rose from the grave, it's not just so that we've got a clean slate, so that we can start again from neutral, It's not just that, he's robed us in Jesus' perfect life. So when God sees us, he sees his son. We're righteous, the Bible says. We're justified, that is, you can know today the verdict on that coming day. You've been robed in Jesus' righteousness. Sin's dealt with, you're justified. You're right with God. Isn't that the best foundation to build your life on that you can know now what the verdict is going to be of your life then because of Jesus we've got better fruit to enjoy and ultimately eternal life now if you know the Lord Jesus Christ which many of you do I was hoping there's going to be more non-Christians here tonight perhaps they're going to listen on the tape at another time but if you know the Lord Jesus you are totally secure You have a solid foundation. And I hope that this Christmas, that brings you real comfort, real joy, and real peace. But if you don't know the Lord Jesus, then we must turn to him. We must do that. Let's not leave tonight. If you're that person, if you're those dry bones that were spoken about earlier, don't leave tonight without getting right with God. Get right with God tonight. Don't delay. Don't put it off. I'm going to pray for us. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you so much for your words. We thank you that it's sharp and active, penetrating right deep, dividing spirit, soul, and marrow. And we pray that your word would bring us to life, that we would sit under your words, we'd be students of it, that we would love it, we'd build our lives on it, that we would be under your teaching and stand on its truth. And be like lights this Christmas to those around us. We pray that the Lord Jesus might be honoured and glorified in this place. And his name and his honour would resound this Christmas from here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.